go to the book of Hebrews uh, chapter 3 to begin tonight. And let's begin there, Hebrews chapter 3 and, and verse 1. And we, we've got, of course, a lot of things we'd like to say tonight. We'll get as much of it out as we can. we not in a hurry, but we have a lot of things, you know, we'd like to say today. And also maybe in the future we'll take some more time. I'm not in a hurry to finish this teaching. But we've got to put a value on our words. We've got to begin to see that your words are taking you somewhere. That your words are setting the course for your life. You know, if we were standing down here on the floor level, we'll call it, and we wanted to come up on the platform, you have to come up one step at a time, but you'd have to come up higher. Well, in the same way in our life, if we want to come up higher spiritually, of course, there's other components, I understand that, but normally your words are going to have to go before you. Your words are going to have to set the course for you to get up to the next level. You're going to have to begin to say, praise God, uh, I have abundance and no lack. And you may be lacking on every hand at that time. You know, every, everything you're looking at looks like, man, I, I'm desperate. But you don't say that. You begin to say, Father, I thank you. I've been obedient. If you've been obedient, if you've met the criteria scripturally, then you begin to say that. And I thank you, Father, I have abundance and no lack that you supply all my every need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now, you know, I mean, no, I'm being honest, and Donna can tell you, and Arlene can tell you, and maybe Dale and Sean, but particularly the ladies, because they said, I want some new buckets for the sanctuary. And this is what I want. Now, go find it. Now, I didn't say it quite as aggressively as I sound right now, but I said, I want that, so figure it out. And they would, they would say, well, we called, you know, Arlene would call around town. they say, well, we got something, and i said, well, go look at it. Make sure, you know, we don't want to just have them ship something if we don't going to have to send it back and if it was local so she'd get in the car and go somewhere we'd look for things they'd look for things in magazines and all that seems like such a petty thing but it's not it's not and and then maybe they'd say well this is what they had and then she'd come back miss arlene and, and or, or donna or somebody and they'd say well this is what we saw this is what it looks like this is the color it is and and i'd say no that's not what i want so we're just going to have to keep our faith out there. It wasn't something that I stayed on my knees about. Get serious here. I'm, when I'm praying like that, that's a lot more different. But these are things that are still important. And I put my faith out there and say, Now, Father, you know what I'm thinking. I have this image in me of what I want. The same for this pulpit. I want a new pulpit, but I don't know what I want for sure yet. That's why it's not there. <laughs> As I was talking to the Lord the other day, he said, Well, you didn't tell me you know exactly what you wanted. I know one thing, I'm tired of this plastic thing. <laughs> I got to step it up. You know, hallelujah. Praise God, it's okay, but you know. Anyway, it's okay and it's, it served its purpose, but we're not going to throw it in the, in the dumpster or nothing. But see, you know, I'm talking to you about, now these seems to be minor things. What about your body? What about your mind? What about your job? What about your marriage? See, if you, if, you, if you will release your faith based on the Word of God and keep your faith turned on, keep your words out there working for you and not pull them back. You know, Isaiah, I'm, I'm in uh, Hebrews, but Isaiah 30, either ver chapter 30 or about 30 or maybe 31, I think it's Isaiah 30, verse 3 or 4, something like that, or verse 2. It talks about calling your words back. So a lot of times what people do is they put their words out there in a moment of incitement 
excitement, you know, and a moment of faith when they've been taught right at that level in that moment. But then when the pressures come and it doesn't manifest, well, I don't know if it's ever going to work out. Now, see, I could have turned my faith off at any point down through here, been discouraged, saying, well, I guess they don't have offering plates like I want. But here you saw them look like they were custom made for our church. They were just a little deeper than the ones we had in the same color. They were the brass looking ones with the burgundy lip on them. <laughs> a little cloth thing that goes down in them, you know. And, and see, this just it's important. See, I'm trying to point out something. Keep your faith on things. And if it's real important, then you need to beef up your confession. There are some things I, I talk to God about every day, or I just talk to the things every day. Like my body is a thing. It's not me. I just own it. it. I live inside this body. But this body belongs to me. And I speak to it about certain things every day. I'm talking to you. I'm talking to my body. Now Jesus spoke to a tree. And, and, and the prophet spoke to different things. Water and fire from heaven. <laughs> and it manifested. So you, you need to understand you can speak to things and it's legitimate. You're not crazy. Now, we're not talking about going out, sitting under a tree and worshiping a tree and talking to the tree. Like, how are you today, tree? We're talking about speaking to things that are obstacles in your life or things that are out of line with the will of God. And you know what the word says. You know, the word says by his stripes you were healed. Well, if you're having symptoms, then that healing is not manifest yet. We're not, don't refute the fact you're healed, but you're going to have to take authority over your body and you're going to have to speak to your body and get in agreement with the fact that you are healed. So you're going to have to speak to the symptoms or speak to your body to be creative, whatever needs to be done, depending on what's going on. Or, or your mind, if you're a person that's highly emotional and then erratic and psychotic and, and you know, and, and all that kind of stuff like that. And the devil plays with your mind a lot. You're going to have to get your mind back in the Bible and renew your mind to the Word of God and set your affection on things above and tell yourself you're going to set your affection on things above, not on carnal things down here. <clears throat> See, when the minute you start thinking about money just for money's sake, you're wrong. But the minute you start thinking about accomplishing something for God with your money or something you need because you need something and you've been faithful to give to God everything he's told you to do, then that's not covetousness. Amen. Hallelujah. It's a big difference here. But we're talking about confession and specifically tonight our confession of faith. So let's begin here in Hebrews 3 and verse 1. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling. Boy, that is rich already. Partakers of a heavenly calling. There's a calling. <clears throat> I like to say it like this. There's a calling on all of us as the brothers and sisters to come up into a heavenly realm. And I'm not talking about heaven itself. I'm talking about coming up into a realm that has heavenly things in it and spiritual things in it and the things you need out of that realm. There's a calling for you to come up higher than where you've been living. I'm not talking about geographically or your house, but the house is included like what Brother Jim was talking about. But we're not talking specifically just about a house or an offering bucket or a car or whatever, but those things are all included. Remember, prosperity, financial prosperity, is the lowest form of prosperity from God's viewpoint. It's not the highest. The highest would be what happened here tonight in the healing. 
the, the, the anointing that flows in our life and the Holy Ghost daily in our life just giving us direction and guiding us and helping us to make good decisions and helping us to get hooked up with the right people and helping us to deter ourselves away from the wrong people and helping us to make good decisions about all the details of life. Now that's some real riches. Hallelujah. So we have a heavenly calling trying to work on us. And notice what it says for us to do. Consider the apostle, not an apostle, the apostle, talking about Jesus, and the high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus, or the anointed Jesus. Now here's something we're going to look at tonight. We're not going to look so much about his apostleship as his high priestly ministry. He says because of this, because this calling's calling us to come up, then we're going to have to consider and think about and meditate on the fact that we have a high priest over our confession. Now the word profession in the King James is the word homologia in the Greek. Homo means the same as. Logia is, the, is a form of the written word. So what he's telling us here is that Jesus is the high priest over the speaking out of it, our mouth, the agreement of the written word of which he's high priest over. Now what do I mean by high priest? Well, he's high priest to endorse what we're saying if what we're saying is in line with his word. He's anointed to do that. There's an anointing on Jesus to be the high priest of our confession if our confession is in line with His Word, the written Word. So when you find scriptures in the New Testament that reveal to you, like that says you're a partaker of the divine nature, you need to say you're a partaker of the divine nature and it'll keep pulling you up into that nature. You understand what I mean? Your nature's already been changed, but it'll pull you up so you'll start walking in it. You'll be sensitive to it. You'll be conscious of that nature. You won't be conscious of the fact that you were an old man. You start thinking, I'm this new man in Christ Jesus. I'm a new creature. I'm a new species of being now. See? See, it's the way we talk sometimes. See, Jesus, let me, let me put it on this level and you'll see it. Now, Jesus is... Lord over sickness and disease, but he's high priest over healing. He's Lord over poverty and lack, but he's high priest over abundance and prosperity. Do you see the difference there? He's Lord. He has dominion over sickness and disease, but he's high priest over healing and he's high priest over health. And if we'll start talking right, he'll, his anointing will function with our words and he'll bring it to pass in our life. I wrote a little note out here in my notes here about Hebrews 3.1. It says, when I'm releasing a confession of faith, Jesus and I are in agreement, and his anointing is to see that it comes to pass for me. See, when I'm releasing a confession of faith, then Jesus and I are in agreement. And he's anointed to see to it that my confession comes to pass. Or like we said Sunday night, words become manifestations. I'm going to show you this is how Jesus operated and still operates. Words bring the manifestation. Hallelujah. Now, are you still with me? 
So he's high priest of our confession. I know it says profession, but that's the old English. It's not a bad translation. It's just not as accurate as we'd like mentally that we need to think about. The real word there is confession. And actually, the word there not only means confession or to confess, it means covenant. <laughs> He's the high priest of my covenant. Hallelujah. My confession of my covenant. Oh, my. You know, praise God. Well, I go to church. Well, that doesn't help you any if you don't know what your covenant is. You can go to church all your life, still go to hell. You can go to church all your life, still be defeated. You can go to church all your life, still be beat up by the devil and other people because you have to know the covenant. And you have to confess or talk in line with the covenant. I'm going to show you a little bit later tonight that religion, you could get so religious about things and not control the way you talk and deceive your own heart, which means you start believing what is false or a lie as truth, and then you're deceived. And then guess what? Jesus is not high priest over lies. He's high priest over the word of God or the truth. See, when I speak the word of God, now I'm talking about New Testament words. I'm not talking about going back to Nehemiah and find some isolated scripture or book of Job. I've taught you about Job as from a New Testament standpoint now, and you've probably learned some things. But just pulling some Old Testament scripture out is not for you unless it's rightly divided and understood in, line, in light of the New Covenant. See? Remember what we said Sunday night, I think it was? We're to acknowledge every good thing that's in us in Christ Jesus. If it's not talking about what we are in Christ, you don't want it. I mean, you think about this with me a minute. When you start talking, and people talk like this all the time, outside of what they are in Christ, well, I just never get any revelation. Well, there's no revelation coming to that person. And there won't be for ever and ever if they don't change their confession and start praying like I've told you, Ephesians 1, 17 through 19. But somebody's got to pray that. And when you pray it, you say it. <laughs> I mean, the Bible says he knows what I need before I ask him, but he said, go ahead and ask him anyway and say this. So just thinking it won't do it. You're going to have to say it. You're going to have to say it, and you're going to have to say it, and you're going to have to get your mind renewed to start saying what the new covenant says about you. And consider that Jesus is listening to you if you're speaking faith. I'm telling you, this is something else here. Now, let's, let's, we're still talking about our confession of faith. We're going to take it a little, a little step further here. Is Hebrews 4.14. Look at this verse with me, please. We're getting into some things now. You with me? Our confession of faith is so important, not only to us, but to the Father. Because really, if you think about it, this was Father's idea, not our idea. At best, all we ever do on this side of things is we get, first of all, we get born again, and then we start getting in agreement, or what the Bible would call renewing of the mind, 
Amos in the Old Testament, you know, he says, how can two walk together unless they be agreed? So it's the same process. I start thinking like God would think about me, and I start saying what God would say about me. In fact, what he's already said about me. Because Isaiah said the problem with humanity is my thoughts, God said, are not your thoughts. And my ways are not your ways. So therefore, we can see that humanity is totally out of whack with the Bible and God. So a person has to be born again and partake of his nature, of God's nature, and be made a new creature. And then they begin to get taught and get their minds renewed and get revelation given and a pastor to feed them. And then they start growing up. Even just milk will cause them to grow some. And then you've got some of us can teach meat and even some can teach strong meat. Of course, the congregation's got to be willing to swallow and eat or, you know, there's no value in it if you, you're trying to teach people that are going to not receive it. Jesus said he taught them as they were able to receive it or able to bear it, his, King James. So what he means is he taught them as far as he could take them at that level because they weren't even regenerated people. He knew a lot more than he could get in them at that point, but he did his best. And then after the resurrection, they started saying, well, that's what he meant. I, now I see it. And of course, then they saw a whole lot more. And then Paul would pick this up later. And he would say, the new covenant, in the covenant, he would say, now we know no man after the flesh, including Jesus. We saw, you know, not that Paul saw him die. I don't know if he did. But others saw him die on the cross and just saw a man die. But later, all these New Testament apostles would write and reveal to us what really happened on that cross and what happened for three days and three nights and what happened in the resurrection. Oh, praise God. Peter got up on the day of Pentecost. He's born again. He's spirit-filled. He said death couldn't hold him. Up from the grave, he arose with a mighty triumph over his foes. Woo! They didn't see all that. They just saw their Messiah dying. You know, oh my gosh, it's over. Until he appeared to them later. And then they didn't want to believe that. He rebuked them for their hardness of heart. How many are following my train of thought here? So we're seeing some things here that are important to us. So here in Hebrews 4.14, it says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest. Now it adds the word great on there. A great high priest. I guess so. That is passed into the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, let us, the believers, hold fast our, guess what the word is, confession or covenant or confess. You could use any, either of those words in there. And it literally means to say the same thing as the written word. We are to hold fast to, listen to me now, we're not just talking about getting hyped up tonight or Sunday night or one or two services, but learning to hold fast to this confession revelation. Learning to hold fast to what you're saying day by day by day and every day and every night and every day and every night. And when things look good and things don't look good. And when things seem to be working out and they don't seem to be working out. And when things seem this and thing, you just hold fast to this words of the covenant. You just hold on. You hold steady. You get settled in something. You say, no, God says by His stripes, I am healed. I mean, the doctors may tell you something different, and preachers tell you something different, your mama tells you something different, and your grandpa, but you just hold on to Jesus and His Word, and He'll come right through with you. 
you get in agreement with him. He's right there as a high priest to oversee that confession of faith and cause that substance called faith to materialize. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I went back today and was reading out of Hebrews 11. Oh, come on, Hebrews. I'm not going over there now, but it said through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things which do appear. I said, yeah, I understand that totally. My faith, God's faith, and my faith, same kind of faith, same kind of faith, same substance. Faith is faith. God doesn't have, he didn't have some kind of faith, then we don't have the same kind of faith. We taught you that Sunday night. Jesus said, have the faith of God or have the God. Kind. Now, I'm not God. We're not God saying we're God. We're not at his level of revelation and understanding. But it's the same faith, same kind of faith, and it works the same way when it's applied. And it says through faith, the things that we see now came out of something you couldn't see. It's called faith. <laughs> he was the creator. He created this planet, and everything we can see now came out of this planet. So everything we can see was made out of a substance you couldn't see in the beginning. But words brought manifestations. Words brought something in the material realm that manifested. Words did that. God's word out of his own mouth. Even God couldn't get it to work. Even the Holy Ghost, let me rephrase that, couldn't get it to work until God released words. Amen. Or we could say release Jesus. The Word became manifested. Well, praise God. So it said the Spirit of God's moving on the face of the deep, but it wasn't nothing being created until God said light be, and then light was, and then God saw the light. So words brought manifestations our confession now let's go to Hebrews 10 one more verse in Hebrews and then we're going to move around in some other uh, material tonight about our confession of faith Hebrews 10 verse 23 now these three verses here are good scriptures to meditate all the time and go back to and read them out of other translations and You'll have a little variables here and there. You know, words will be translated a little different, but just you'll get a hold of it. It says, let us hold fast the, guess what, profession or confession or our covenant. Let us hold fast to the speaking of our covenant, of our faith, of our faith, the confession of our faith. See, that's what I'm saying he's high priest over. He's not high priest over a confession of doubt. Well, I wonder how he's going to get those offering plates to you. I don't know. It's been, it's been a year and a half since I wanted them. <laughs> you just keep your words out there. If you leave them out there, they're out there working for you. <laughs> Offering plates. Pastor Michael has need of you. Yeah, you. you, you yeah, you. The guy, yeah, in India. Yeah, I'm talking to you down there in your shop. I want you to make some brass plates on the bottom. It says made in India. <laughs> that what it said? Then the guy goes to his partner and says, I don't know. I just have this unction. Well, I don't think he talks like I do, probably. But anyway, you know, I, I don't know how Indians talk. The Lord been better, better go to me. <laughs> 
Anyway, he has this feeling he needs to make brass buckets with a, or he don't, maybe he's not the guy that put the burgundy thing on it. Maybe that's the guy in Taiwan did that. So those words are out there talking to two people. Angel pulls up next to the guy and says, you need to make a, a burgundy, you know, like Pastor Jacobs. Uh, you don't know him, do you? But like in his church, that color, like it's on the wall over there on that th banner. Yeah, th that's it. And make your thing to go in the bucket for this guy. <laughs> and then all of a sudden somebody took a picture and put it in a magazine, sent it to my church. Came to us, didn't it? One day Donna said, hey, pastor, is this what you're looking for? I said, that's it. Order them. Order them by the hundreds. <laughs> I'm having a good time tonight. Just leave me alone. Don't fool with me, okay? Just say amen and laugh with me. But <laughs> I'm having a good time. But see, seriously, your words are out there. You, 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 you think that's funny, but you know what? If we set a TV up here right now and plugged it in in this plug you could, if it had an antenna, you could get local stuff. If you had cable, you could get all the cable stuff. And yet you don't see anything in the room floating around, like pictures of people, words coming out. Occasionally we catch it on the sound stuff. But there's stuff going through the air all the time. Words are going through the air, and people are picking it up with the receiver, and there's a picture, and there's somebody talking all the time. And my words were out there and I just kept them out there. I just left, left them out there. You know, like Jesus said in Luke 17, when your servant comes in, make him feed you and put him back out in the field. Amen. Talking about faith is your servant. Sir, listen, faith is not going to, he's not going to talk smart to you. He's not going to quit on you. If you'll have faith, put him out to work. Faith will work for you. That's his, that's his MO. He knows how to get it done. Now, I know it sounds funny, but there's somebody in India that got a clue. I wanted to bless this Catholic bookstore somewhere, you know, over in Louisville. I figure if anybody's got buckets and plates and brass, that ought to be them, right, Paul? I don't know. They got a lot of paraphernalia. You know what I mean. <laughs> somebody, it took a guy in India over there going, Lord, better, better go to me. I made a lot of money on brass buckets, say. Hey. You can thank me when we get to heaven, brother. Yeah, my words are out there. Your words, if you if you ever in need of something, you put your words out there and your words are out there in the atmosphere. And they're, it's moving on people and moving in the realm of the spirit and touching things over in the natural. And eventually those things begin to work their way to you. Remember the brown shoes. <laughs> Again, you know, I'm just getting off a plane. I'm not thinking about shoes at the moment. I'm on my way home from a mission trip, you know, like number 38 or something. And I'm just kind of going, you know, and then I look in this. It's my shoes. I knew they'd come. <laughs> What's that guy's name? Taggy. Taggy. I go to Houston sometime soon. I'm going to go see him maybe. I don't know. But anyway. <laughs> I went in there and he goes, you like a glass of wine, white or red? I said, I'm already up there. <laughs> Just show me the shoes. He goes, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. Two or three people came in after us and, and he, they were all drinking, eating hors d'oeuvres. I mean, it's a swanky kind of place. <laughs> I looked at a shirt and the shirt was 170 bucks. That's trash. I just want the shoes. Let me see your shoes. 
paying that. Hallelujah. So we're to hold fast our confession of our faith. Now look at this again, verse 23. Without wavering, here's the key, without wavering, without buckling, without quitting, without stopping. You know, I mean, you know, if I, if I just thought about it, you know, I'd think $40,000 or whatever you were going to think. You know, maybe you're, you know, I'm kind of thinking we're going to get more than that personally. <laughs> but I'm not going to tell you because then that might overload somebody. Or, but anyway, we need at least 40 to do what we need to do. It's not a big deal. It's not a hill for climbers. But see, if I got discouraged or if I looked at things as they are in the natural or something, I'd, you know, I might want to talk negative. You know, now we're not at a place yet, but we will be. I'm telling you, it's coming. I'm going to get up someday and I'm going to say, I need 50 grand. 50 people jump to their feet. They're practically fighting each other to get to the front to pledge. I'll give a thousand. No, I'll give a thousand. No, I'll give, you know, 50 of them. I got 70 up here, you know, instead of, I only needed 50. We'll take the other 20, though. We'll take their name. <laughs> Why not? It's going to be somebody, might as well be you. If you could give $1,000 and not think much about it, I mean, you'd have, some, you'd have some beans and weans in your pocket. That's what I call it, beans and weans, you know. Some dough, man. Some dough, ray me, you know. Some geeters, we used to say, Brother Joe. Geeters, I called them. Money. But we're just talking about all kinds of stuff tonight. But we got to hold fast to our confession without wavering. Now, see, I, I'm saying, I was up here a couple of weeks ago. I don't remember when it was. I said, I believe we're going to double in a year. Well, I don't know where that came from. I didn't have that thought prior to right then when I said it. But I got in faith with myself. <laughs> I said, yeah. I got home. I thought, Yeah. And I came back the next day and told the staff, we're going to double. And they're talking back to me now about it. Pastor's talking. Pastor Diana. Yeah, we're going to double in a year. She's all, she's all me constantly about this sanctuary thing. <laughs> if we double. Oh, yeah, when? Within a year, whatever. Praise God. So we, but we got to not waver in that. You just do your part. Just get an agreement and then do your part. Somebody here, some family may be in 30 people to the Lord. Some other family may be in one person to the Lord. But if everybody does what God tells them to, it's going to come to pass. And there can be other things too that enter in like the TV thing. I don't know. I'm not trying to build my church with TV. I'm building my church on the Word of God, period. But if I have an opportunity and I feel it's the Holy Ghost, I'm going to go on through. Because I've been talking to the Lord about that for several years. I'm not doing anything just to be doing it. I told, And he knows that. He knows that's the way I think and function anyway. He likes that about me, actually. He said, I'm glad because some people just run off and do their own thing, never ask me. I said, well, if you open a door and I, and I know it's you, I'll get in involved with it. But I'm not getting on radio. I'm not going on TV. I'm not going to do this gambit thing. You know, just run the gambit. Just to be running the gambit and trying to... I'm preaching the Word of God, and I know you like that, Father. And I'm preaching the best I can, you know, with what I know. Hallelujah. But you've got to hold fast to your confession of your faith. This is my point. Without wavering. 
Now you take that on a personal level, whatever it is that you have need of, whatever it is your dream about, whatever it is your vision is within the vision of the house and then your personal life. You know, you're supposed to be in agreement with me here and I know you are. And Brother Sean has just wrote an awesome book. I mean, everybody needs to buy a copy once we get it printed on the role of the pastor. And I'm not saying that because it's, it's self-serving. I'm saying it because it's a revelation he's got. I would to God, I'd have had a book like that when I first got saved. I could have been light years ahead, but I didn't understand all that then. Just practical Bible teaching. It's all in the Bible. He's got it all in the Bible. It's all Bible stuff. Hallelujah. It's wonderful. So you think about the vision of the house, and then you think about your personal vision that you have, you know, as a family, an individual. Maybe you're not married or whatever, or your future. And God wants to operate with you, but he's looking for something from you. And it's called your confession of faith. Confession coming out, words coming out of your mouth based on the written word of God that you won't back off of. Hallelujah. Notice it says here, again, one more time, then we're going to move on to something. It says, let us... Hold fast, that's the believers. Let us hold fast, that's the church. Let us hold fast the confession of our faith. Or we could just say it this way, couldn't we? The confession of the word of faith. You remember Paul in Romans, I'm still here in Hebrews 10.23, but he, didn't he say, this is the word of faith which we preach? He, uh, Romans 10 and 8, what did he say? The word is nigh thee. It's close to you. The word, it's close to you. The, uh, he said, the word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. He said, don't say who's going to go up and bring Christ down. Who's going to go down and bring Christ up? He's already been up and down. <laughs> Yeah, he was up there, he came down here, he went on down, he went back up. It's already done. All, that The Word is what we got to get a hold of. The Word, the Word of God, the Word of faith. So we could read this this way, let us hold fast or hold on to or continue to make our confession of the Word of faith without wavering. You hold on to that. It'll do you good. I'm telling you, there's some things coming. There's some blessings and greatness coming. There's also some judgments. I went back and read Brother Hagin's thing today, prophet in the land. He said there's a day of sternness coming, a day of rebuke, a day of discipline. But he said if you'll judge yourself, it'll just go right on by you. So if I were you, I'd be saying, praise God, Father, I'm, going to, I'm clean and I'm going to stay clean. You know, clean, I don't mean just a morality thing, that's part, but just my whole life, my motives are going to stay clean, right, pure, and my attitude's going to be sweet and nice. And I'm going to do what I need to do to go on with you, Father. And if there's personal issues in my life you need to deal with, then show me and I'll be honest before you. Hallelujah. But we're going to hold fast to what? Faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Not holding fast to, oh my gosh, it's coming. No, I'm holding fast to faith is the victory. That my faith and your faith and our faith will give us victory through 2005 and on into whatever else is coming and there's some great things coming. My spiritual father said 2006 is the day of marvels. Praise God. It's right. 
So notice here, so he says, for he is faithful, talking about Jesus, talking about the Father. He is faithful that promised. Think about what he's saying here as we think about this a minute. God is faithful to his word. He, Jeremiah 1.12 says he's watching over his word to perform it. He watches over that word to perform it. He's watching over that word to perform it. He has a burning desire to bless, to heal, to do what he said he would do, to do what his word says in our life. But he's watching over that word to perform it as we get a hold of it. Remember the Bible said in Isaiah that he, that, that, that the word comes down like the water, the rain and the snow and returns not thither. But that God, we speak it out of our mouth. You remember that in Isaiah 55? And it won't return unto him what? Void. So he's released the word down here. Now I'm to take his word this new covenant word, this new covenant word, this new covenant word of what I am in Christ and what He's provided for me that He said He'll fill me with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and understanding. People go around, well, I don't understand what God's doing. Well, then they don't, they're not paying attention. I don't get up every day confused. I mean, you know, for very seldom do I ever get a hesitancy. If I have that as a check here about something, then I'll stop and I'll, I'll, I'll say, well, I'm going to pray about this. I shouldn't respond to this right now because there's something I don't know here. But that's not confusion. That's just wanting to check, be sure that I'm on track with God. You understand what I'm saying, don't you? But I don't get up every day saying, I wonder what God's doing today. He's doing just what he did yesterday. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's waiting for somebody down here to return that word to him. You're a good father. You're a great father. You're a great high priest to me, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. The Bible says he's forgiven, but he's forgotten our sins. I get up every day like it's a brand new day. Hallelujah. Now you've got to renew your mind to these things. You understand what I'm saying? You do understand what I'm saying. You've got to renew your mind. You've got to hold on to these things. Now, every time we confess weakness and failure and doubt and fear, oh my gosh, what are we going to do about 9-11? What are we going to do about 2011? What are we, you know, I'm just making up something here. I heard a guy on TV today saying, well, there's, you know, I mean, some astronomical amount of planes that just land in New York and they only screen about one in every so many, you know, something. So again, it all comes back to faith. It really all comes back to faith. I mean, if you're not in faith, I wouldn't get on one of those. <laughs> but I am in faith. See, every time you confess weakness or failure or doubt or fear, oh, what are we going to do about this? Well, I don't know. I'm making progress. I don't know about everybody else. From when I first got saved, I'm making progress. You notice what I'm saying? I'm making progress. Spiritually, mentally, emotionally, my, my, my emotions are more uh, stable now than they've ever been. My mind is sounder now. I don't know if that's a good word. More sound than it's ever been. My body is stronger and healthier than it's ever been. Now, I'm working on some things, too, with my faith. My finances, you know. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, every time we confess doubt or fear or weakness or failure... 
Well, I tried that once and I don't, uh-uh, 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 uh-uh. <laughs> you're, you're tearing up your faith life talking like that. And then you have people around you sometimes, well, I tried all that faith stuff. You just wait, preacher, when your kids get, you'll see. Yeah, well, I saw. I'm still seeing. The Bible says, he that will see good, let him refrain his lips from evil. <laughs> and his lips that they do no guile. We'll talk about that in a minute if I have a chance, and I don't know if I will. Guile in the New Testament is deceit. So when people are always talking flippantly and speaking about things that are as if it were true that's not true. People acting like God's judging America over 9-11. If he judged America, it wouldn't be any building standing, including this one. Come on, folks, get a clue. God's not out killing people. That's the devil doing that. That's religion does that. You know, and other kinds of things. The Bible says if you hate your brother, you're a murderer. Much less run a plane into a building where human beings are in there. God's not committing murder and then tell you don't murder. He's not crazy. It's people that are crazy. None of you, but I mean people out there, they're crazy. Some of the preachers included. No sound doctrine about it. God's judging. God is, this is a time of mercy. This is a time of great graces upon the land. Oh my. Every time we confess weakness and failure and doubt and fear, we go to the level of them. It's easy to destroy the effect of your prayers by a negative confession. For example, you, somebody asks you to pray for them. I've had people do this to me. And I pray for them. And I say, okay, it'll be as we say. I sure hope so, preacher. Well, it won't be. You said you were going to agree with me. I'm believing you're just hoping or guessing or something. No, you got pray. I just prayed for you. I released my faith. Now you've negated the whole thing. Either you're going to have to get in faith with me and get your healing. And you don't want me to get in faith with you because you're going to stay sick. So I'm just going to leave it alone until you figure out where you can plug in with me. See, we've got to think spiritually. I think you're seeing some things here. Okay, let's go to the book of Titus, right, right just a little to the left of Hebrews here. We've got a little book of Philemon, Titus chapter 3. <clears throat> Is anybody here still awake? <laughs> oh, there's so many things. I know I just have a few more minutes, but I love this. I love preaching the Bible. I love the Word of God. And I had to do some repentance about my confession a while back. Hallelujah, I'm going to change it up. All right, look here at, at Titus 3 and 8. This is a faithful saying. Well, he's talking specifically about what he's already said, about how in verse 7 we're justified or made righteous by God's grace, that we should be made heirs, which we talked about Sunday a little bit, according to the hope of eternal life. This is a faithful saying, but limit, couldn't we say this, that all of God's sayings in the New Testament are faithful sayings? What does the word faithful mean if you break it down? Full of faith. Isn't it? Faithful. This is a faithful saying. Now watch what I'm going to, what it's going to say here. And these things, these 
faithful sayings. I will that thou affirm constantly. All of the faithful sayings, I know it's in the context here, but I'm lifting the principle out to show you. All of the faithful sayings of the New Covenant are just that. They are full of God's faith, and God is faithful to them. And because of that, you are to affirm them and declare them and speak them constantly. Constantly. How often? You're to affirm this constantly, that the Bible says the Lord is the strength of my life. I mean, you know, what does it, just stay with me in Titus, Ephesians 6, the verse 10 says, the Lord, Be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. So I need to be saying, Father, I thank you that I'm strong in you and the power of your might. I'm strong in you and the power of your might. I'm strong in you and the power of your might. Now that I'm in Christ, now that I'm in God, now that God's in me. Philippians 2.13 says, It's God who is in us, both willing and working His good pleasure. Or the Greek says, and the Amplified bears this out, He's create, God who is in us, creating in us the desire and the power to do His will. Boy, I mean, you say that a little bit, it gets up in your mouth and whoo, starts arresting your attention. He's creating in me the desire, the passion, and, and, the, and the power to do His will. Yeah, I can walk in the will of God, and you can too. But you've got to start saying it, and you've got to affirm these kinds of things constantly. Well, I sure wish I could. I tried to. That's your problem. You tried to once. In fact, you didn't even do it. You just tried. James says you've got to be a doer of the Word, and then I'm showing you, you've got to affirm these things constantly. You know, the Bible teaches in like Colossians chapter 2. I'm not turning over, but I'll give you the verse chapter 2 and verse 5 through 8 there. 5 through 7. It says that the same way that you receive Jesus your Lord, you're to walk in Him. How did you receive Him? By faith. By grace you're saved through faith. And then it says rooted and built up and established in the faith as you've been taught. And I'm teaching you tonight about it. You get rooted, poo, put your roots down. That's the first reason Christians don't make it. They hop around from church to church all the time. Or then if they're there, they're not really there. Or if they're there, they're in and out there. See what I'm saying? You've got to plant yourself. You've got to plant those roots. And then you need to get built up. And of course, Paul said it this way. I commend you to God. He's preaching to him. I commend you to God and the word of His grace, like I'm ministering to you tonight, which is able to build you up. Paul would later write to, write to Timothy and say, be nourished, up in the, be nourished up in the words of the faith. He said, be careful. In these last days, a lot would fall away. They wouldn't be nourished up. And then what else did it say? I'm still in Colossians 2 with you, verse 5 through 7, and established in the faith. See, this is what we're talking about. How do I get established in the faith, Pastor? You have to stay with things constantly until you become established in it. 
I trust God to walk in divine protection. I'm convinced. I'm fully persuaded. Now, I kind of tease around about it because I like Fred Hammond's song because it's so profound. You know, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. No, it won't work. No weapon formed against me. All my neighbors and all the unbelieving Christians and all the heathens in New Albany, it won't work. No weapon. You get mad at me and leave the church and be mean and malicious. Tell lies about me and tell people I tried to get your money. No weapon formed against me. Shall pro I got sons and daughters. Some leave, some stay, some reject, some this. No weapon formed against me. Shall prosper. No, it won't work. I'm convinced. I love you very much. I'm planted. Here I am. Here I stay. I was here before you all came. I'll be here probably when some of you leave. But if you all left tomorrow, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. No father's hands on my life. It's not on my life just because I'm pastoring here, although that fits into his plan. It's because I'm committed to him. <laughs> and I'm constantly doing my part now to affirm these things day in, day out. I've got to stay on myself. I'm not making fun of you. I'm not putting you down. I love you. I don't want anybody to leave, but I'm not going to beg you if you do. You know, if you really don't want to be here, then, I, you know, this is all a volunteer thing. You know, nobody's keeping me here. You don't understand what's comment. I mean, I'm here because I'm on assignment, but I want to be here because I, I love Jesus. Hallelujah. See, you've got to get your mind around those things and you're going to have to affirm some things constantly to believe for that. All right, let's, let's look here just a moment. We have just a moment or two. I, where should I go here, Father? Let's go back here a minute to Joel. Can anything good come out of the book of Joel? Yeah, that's a real powerful little book a good little book in the old testament a very prophetic book for our day i think um you know go to malachi and turn left <laughs> you know and turn back that way you still here yes, we're still talking about our confession of faith our confession of faith see we have to have faith in god that what we say is coming to pass down here in, in, in the book of Joel, chapter 3, let me find my reference here. And verse 10, it says, Beat your plowshares into swords. We're not telling you to do that. Take, you know, beat your coat hangers into weapons or nothing. No. <laughs> and your pruning hooks into spears. Here's the thing. Let the weak say, I am strong. Let the weak say, I am strong. Now, it indicates from that that there's people that are weak. But he's telling us if we're weak to not say I'm weak, but to say what? I'm strong. Now, one translation, the Rotherham translation, the Amplified Bible, says, let him say, mighty I am. <laughs> Gosh, 
You know, it kind of takes you back, you know. Let the weak say, mighty I am. Come on, say it with me. Mighty I am. See, we're not talking about you and I. This, this is the key to it. We're not talking about you and I being mighty in our own strength or because of our education or our parents or our social position or our money or any kind of silliness like that. But we're talking about being strong because we're in God. And He's in us. How could we be less than that? You know, people bemoan things. Well, I go to work and ain't no Christians there and they all persecute me. Hey, is, are, are, is the devil in them greater than Jesus in you? No, with this glory comes some suffering. And some of that's the persecution you get from people who are, their minds are not renewed. Or they're just flat mean and, you know, evil. Unbelief's pretty mean and evil. You know, Hebrews says that there's, don't let your heart get full of unbelief, which is evil. So we're talking here about, look at this again, verse 10, the last six or seven words. Let the weak say, not let the weak think, let the weak say, I am strong. So we're called by God to agree with Him. We're called by God to say what it is that we need and call for that. You want me to sing some more? You remember that? <laughs> I don't know how come I get on this kick sometimes. Remember that old song? Tell it like it is. You'd think I like that song a little probably, don't you, by now? Oh, baby. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. <laughs> Maybe I danced somewhere with somebody, I don't know. The TAC, oh. <laughs> I knew I'd get some confession going here. That's why I said it. <laughs> she said, you never dance. She was a dancer, she thinks, you know. I look more like three stooges when I try to dance. But let the weak say, I am strong. Well, let's go one last verse. Romans, go to Romans 4 quickly. <laughs> oh, my. You guys got me going tonight. I knew, Diana, I'd get a rouse out of her saying that. We got to definitely spend more time on this. It won't be next Wednesday and it won't be Sunday, but we'll get back to it. Romans 4. Now, in Romans here, Paul's writing, and he says this in verse uh, 17. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. This is God speaking, talking. Actually, Paul's recording about Abraham and his situation. I have made thee a father of many nations. And when God said that to him, he didn't have any offspring. But God said, I made you a father of many nations. He didn't even have any children. You know, later he got involved with Hagar, which was a mistake. But yet, still, here's God telling him something. I'm going to give you a son. But here's what I want you to see. Before him whom he believed, talking about Abraham believed God, even God who quickens the dead or makes alive the dead and calleth those things, he calleth those things which be not as though they were. He called things that be not as though they were. See, this is, this is a principle of faith. 
You call things that be not as though they were, and I'm going to add this because the Amplified does, I think, and they become. If I was weak, I don't want to say, man, I'm so tired. Man, I'm tired. Man, I mean, I'm really tired. You know, I'm just tired all the time anymore. I mean, you know, tell my wife, tell my kids, tell the staff, you know, I'm just tired. It'd be okay to say, I'm going to go sit down a minute. But it wouldn't be okay to say, I'm tired because I'm identifying something now with my vocabulary that's going to make me more tired. We just saw this. It says, we call the things that be not as though they were. What do I need to say? I thank you, Father, for strength. Thank you, Father, for strength. Thank you, Father, for strength. I thank you for strength. Strength in my body. Strength in my mind. Strength in my family. Strength in my marriage. Whatever you, you know, you're calling for something. Listen to what I'm saying. Listen to what that says. We're calling things that we need. Now listen to me carefully here. It does not say to call things that are as if they're not. You're going to get in trouble doing that. You wake up and you got a very bad headache and your nose is running and you're coughing and you say to somebody, I'm not sick. That's not what that Bible is teaching you to say. But what you could do is you could say, lay hands on me and I'm going to receive my healing. And then after somebody's prayed for you or pray for yourself, if you a big boy and girl, you know, and you just know how to use your own faith or, or get somebody to agree or however you plug into it. And God's got all different levels to get us healed. And thank God for every one of them. Then once you do that, then you say, thank God I'm recovering. <laughs> I'm recovering, thank God. Maybe hacking up hairballs, but you're recovering. No, see, you've got to learn to do this correctly. Don't call things that are as if they're not. That's lying. That's Christian science. That's not Christian sense. This is the Bible. And it says we can call for the things that are not as though they were if it's already written. Now, if I went by my feelings, I'd have a lot of expressions sometimes. You know, my feelings, either physically or emotionally at times. I mean, I've thought and felt a lot of things over the years. But what I do is I say, no, in Jesus' name, if it's like physical, I say, no, in Jesus' name, by his stripes, I'm healed. And I'll get my, my eyes and my ears over here in 1 Peter 2 or Matthew 8, and I'll quote it. And I'll read it. I'll read it out loud. And I'll say, no, Jesus, you bore away my sicknesses and carried away my diseases. And by your stripes I am healed. See? But I'm calling. Calling. Offering buckets. Refinance. Forty grand. Whatever it is. Whatever it is, you, do, you keep calling based on the written word of God. Now, how can I, how can, where do I substantiate that on? The Bible says that my God shall supply all my need. These are needs I have here. And I didn't list them all when I told you about the over and above. I listed the main ones, the most important, the most pressing, and so forth. And there's other needs we've already met because I'm just using my faith. I told Dale to get a piece of equipment the other day. I think it's already in, maybe. 
I mean, you, you know, using my faith on that personally and as the leader, but that's different than the other. But what, how can I claim that? My God supplies all my need. If I need it, He needs it. Of course, you've got to have faith. I mean, we all have to have. But you see where I'm coming from here. See? If, if I was you and you needed a new job or a better job or something or a change on your job, I'd start calling for it. Now, Father, I'm a tither. Father, I'm faithful to my church. I love my church. I love the Word. I love you. I love my pastor. And I'm loyal there. I'm not gossiping and bad-mouthing anything. I love people. I'm walking by faith. And Father, I need a raise. So either it's got to be created here within this company or you're going to have to open up another door. But whatever, show me. I'm believing I receive it right now. Whether I know anywhere to go or see any change coming, that I, you know, it's not like I went to the bulletin board and said, oh, they're going to give some races to the superintendents. I'm believing to be a superintendent. Well, maybe you, maybe you can, maybe you can't. I don't know. Did you have faith? But you don't need that on the bulletin board to do what I'm saying. You just have to get in God's Word and say, Father, I have need of this. I mean, Father, you know, to raise my family and do what I'm supposed to do, and I want to bless my church, help my pastor, fulfill the vision, and do some personal things for the body of Christ and so forth, and I need $30,000 a year. I can't live on fifteen, eighteen thousand anymore. And I believe you, Father, I've been a tither for five years. I, and ben, plead your case. And get in faith and say, now, Father, I believe I'm going from 18,000 to 25,000 or whatever it is. Now, Father, I have need of a car. Father, I have some, my children have some, I need some shoes for them. So, Lord, you know, you're going to help me, Lord. I, I believe that I receive shoes for my children. I believe I receive lunch money for my children. I don't know where everybody's at. I'm just making up stuff here a minute. Everybody's on a different level. But we got to get in faith about these things and then affirm those things constantly. You know, Father, I've really been tempted lately about this issue, and you know what I'm talking about. And I know if I, if I fell into that, that would not be right or good. So I claim your word that says you keep me, Peter says, 1 Peter 1, 5, you, I'm kept by the power of God through faith. I trust you right now with my faith to keep me from falling prey to this temptation. Temptations come, but I'm not going to yield to it. And, and then you do, what about 1 Corinthians 10, 13? It says that, you, you know, these temptations come to all of us, but God makes a way of escape. Father, I thank you. There's a way, way of escape for me. Could just be you want to tell somebody what you really think of. Well, I've had some of those feelings a few times. I can't believe you do me this way after <laughs> I gave you my life. I give you all. <laughs> and you did this. To <laughs> Who's kidding who here? But no, you can't. You know, if I did that, I'd be accurate. But I may not be right in the way I say it, even if I said it as nice as I could. Temptation, there's temptation to do this. See, see, you see what I'm saying? Well, we preach some things tonight. Whew. Shoo. We got into the kingdom by believing and confessing, and we keep on confessing and believing for everything else in the kingdom. Hallelujah. Everybody stand up with me a minute, please.